0: Hey guys, real quick, before we get started, I have a small request. If you've been blessed by our content and you like this show, would you take just a brief moment and leave us a five-star review? This is quite possibly the most effective thing that you can do to ensure that this content gets out to as many people as possible. Hi, this is Pastor Joel Webin with Right Response Ministries, and you're listening to another episode of Theology Applied. In this episode, I was privileged to be joined by, I believe, the 147th time by John Harris. I think it's like our fourth or fifth time, but uh, always a pleasure to have John Harris, a friend of mine, back on the show talking about a bunch of stuff. We really, it's kind of, you get to be a fly on the wall for a friendly conversation of me and John catching back up. We talk about Jordan Peterson. We talk about the SBC. We talk about Um, Megan Basham and the Daily Wire and we talk about Tim Keller. And I guess if, if I had to boil it down to one thing, it would be how come conservative Christians, myself and John included, right now feel like we have more in common with Jordan Peterson than Tim Keller? And are there problems with that? How should we feel about that? How do we dissect that, think about that? And so where do we go from here? So that's kind of the conversation that we have. I think you're going to enjoy it. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Applying God's word to every aspect of life. This is Theology Applied.
0: All right, welcome back to another episode of Theology Applied. I am your host, Pastor Joel Webbin with Right Response Ministries. And in this episode, I am privileged to welcome back for the 17th time, I'm not sure, how <laughs> many <laughs> it's been a few, but uh, one of my good friends, John Harris with Conversations That Matter. John, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joel. It's good to be here and uh, good to be a frequent flyer. I don't have many places (laughs) I'm like that, so thank you. Well, we enjoy you here. So tell our listeners, in case they're stopping in for the first time and aren't really familiar with your ministry and who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: I, I am a misogynistic Christian nationalist, <laughs> Amen. who know, um, Amen. <laughs> that, <laughs> right, right. No, I'm, uh, yeah, I have written a few books on social justice. I've, um, I, and the church specifically. I have a podcast conversations that matter and I do a little bit of film work with last stand studios and you can find links for, I think all of that at worldviewconversation.com. And, uh, next thing coming up is a men's retreat on the last weekend of October with Dr. Russell Fuller. And that's kind of what I'm putting a lot of energy into
0: right now. So uh, yeah. Awesome. Name, real quick, name your books and uh, where people can get them.
1: Uh, They can go to worldviewconversation.com or they can go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Uh, The first one is Social Justice Goes to Church. And then the second one is called Christianity and Social Justice. And they're both uh, about the social justice movement. The first one's kind of a history of how social justice got into evangelicalism the second one is more of an apologetic
0: against social justice and for biblical justice and all of that cool great all right well let's go ahead and dive into it so we corresponded a little bit before we started recording and Sounds like uh, there's things to talk about. You've already done an episode on this on your uh, platform, but I think it could be cool for us to just chat a bit back and forth about the, um, the phenomenon that is Jordan Peterson, and not only Jordan Peterson, but kind of a larger conversation of, what do we do as evangelical Christians who want to be not pietist, but also not progressives, right? So we want to have this orthodox, robust, conservative, biblical doctrine that we apply. That we, not just in our marriage and parenting, but we go into the voting booth as Christians. We don't leave our Christianity behind. In every realm of life, we're seeking to do what the Bible says, right? So we're not pietists, but we're also not progressive. And what we keep finding is that guys like Jordan Peterson, or with the whole SBC debacle that's going on right now about sexual abuse, someone like Megan Basham, um, I keep finding myself having, in some sense, more in common with some of these guys than... Than the Gospel Coalition or leaders in the SBC, you know, and 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 I'll I'll say that at least in the case of Megan Basham, who's a Protestant Orthodox Christian, I've spoken with her, but what 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 do we do with that? That you know, when we find ourselves aligning with some of these guys who are they're politically conservative and culturally conservative, but some of them, like Jordan Peterson, I I don't think the guy's a Christian. I'm pr- I'm pretty certain he's not a Christian. But then, I feel like. When he's talking, I, I can amen more to Jordan Peterson than I can to Tim Keller. What, what's going on, and how do, how do we live in this weird world? Because I, I, I'm hesitant. In fact, more than that, I won't just throw my lot in with the Daily Wire. I appreciate them, I'm grateful for them, but I'm, we're not the same. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm not Catholic. I'm not Jewish. You know. So, what, what are your thoughts in navigating this? Just this weirdo upside down world that we're living in.
1: Yeah. Well, Joel, I think you're a good theologian and you can, you, you understand the concept of providence and how the rain falls and the righteous and unrighteous and how um, even pagan philosophers at times can get things right. Uh, in fact, uh, we were just uh, reading today where Paul uh, in a discipleship thing I was doing where, where Paul quotes um, a, a pagan philosopher. And I, I kind of like, you know i noticed it it just it, i thought how oh, that's so interesting that paul would do this mm-hmm. and he does it more than once and um pagans can sometimes have a a right metaphysic or at least one that's right often uh most of the time it gets basic things like there's men and women right right
0: um
1: whereas uh some christians or professing christians i should say out there um who might they have the word of God, right? They have this book, they have, um, they have revelation that they should be able to appeal to really what they're doing though. They say, that's what they say. We're, we're, we're biblical Christians, but really I think what they're doing is their authority is not the word of God. Right. It's, uh, whatever's going to save them from the ire of the media or get give them perhaps positively the praise of, of the media and cultural influential people. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's really the difference. You have some pagans who are committed to at least a, a concept of objective truth in some sense, even if it's just based on their sense perception and natural revelation of some kind. And then you have Christians who say one thing, but actually they, they don't even have as principle to stand as some of these pagans, right? And, um, and then so I, I think in influential positions in uh, politics, you, you're, you have, uh, well, in, in especially conservative politics, there's somewhat of a lagging behind. Uh, it, it's a, a shadow that follows progressivism, but it, it lags. And so the popular uh, political conservatives today that have influence, tend to carry with them the ideas that were in vogue you know a decade two decades three decades ago and um now that's changing of course and we can talk about that but um you know just today i saw an an ad on facebook i think it was for this documentary this is going to sound unrelated but it's related for a um it was a documentary about country music right but it was a blm style documentary which had as predicated that it's, it's black people who invented country music and it was stolen from them and they've been kept out of the industry. And so, so right, it's this BLM kind of narrative. And I, I thought to myself when I saw this, I thought, wow, like country music, I think of more kind of traditional middle America, a little more, at least in line with what I would think would be family values more than like pop or some other genres. Right. But here we here we have what was considered a traditional art medium is changing so fast. It's caving to this postmodern Marxist narrative. And I see that in everything, sports. Uh, I mean, it's it's everything. Political conservatism, I think, has lagged more. Christianity even, like the uh, industry of Christianity, Big Eva, right? They've been a a little more current with trying to keep up with this Marxist move than political conservatism. So I think It'll be interesting to see what happens in like two decades to see where political conservatives are at at that point. But for right now, they're still trying to conserve 1998. Yep. (laughs) They think that was a good year. We should just
0: (laughs) keep that. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. No, you're absolutely right. That's, I I think that's really helpful because it's not, they're not led by this, you know, this guiding, you know, uh, moral fabric of, you know, the word of God is the, you know, inerrant and sufficient and the final arbiter of all truth. No, it's just, it's just, uh, man, we'd like to get back to 1998. Things were, things seemed nice back in 1998 when you know, tough on crime policies, you know, and cleaning up New York, and you know, and then, you know, the, the war on drugs, and uh, men were men and women were women, and you know, it's like, yeah, well, that is better than now, certainly better than now, um, but yeah, you're right. It's just, it's the I always say it's the principles of Christ while rejecting the person of Christ, which never leads to the peace of Christ. And so, but what you said earlier, I think is. Really insightful, because I think one of the reasons why we're finding more common ground with some of these conservative pundits, you know, culturally and politically conservative guys, whether they're Christian or not, is because um, really, it's like, it's like the woke, progressive, social justice Christians out there, they're no different than the conservative, non-Christians. Um, both, what they have in common is uh, neither one sees the word of God as uh, the final authority. Right. So, so what, if it's the, you know, so if it's um, the, the woke social justice, you know, peddlers within, within Christianity, they'll, they'll claim to be Christian and they may affirm the Trinity and they may affirm, you know, this and may affirm that. But, um, but the Bible is never, it's never the, uh, the final say it's not the final arbiter for truth, just like these conservative pundits who don't even claim to be Christians. So really they're just in, in a sense, they're just more honest, you know, like, so Jordan Peterson, when he talks about the Bible, it is abundantly clear. He's honest. At least it's abundantly clear that, um, that he thinks the Bible is really helpful, um, but, 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 it's his intellect, and it's psychology, and it's these other it's these other sources that that uh, lie underneath the Bible. The Bible is true because, This tells me, and this tells me, and it's only true in certain ways, allegorically. And it's, you know, like, so the Bible is true in a sense, I should say, and it's only true in a sense because this higher authority of psychology and sense perception and experience and tells me that the Bible is true, you know, or human history, whereas, you know for me, like, so I'm, you know, a presuppositional guy. So for me, it's like the Bible always has to be on the bottom. It's like, you know, you can, you can point to other sources and you can, you know, you can do these kinds of, John Frame used to talk about with his presuppositional apologetic, he would say it's, it is circular logic. He said, but it's, it's a big circle. (laughs) He's like, it is circular logic to be fair, but it's like, we take them on a big circle and we can show them this source and that source. And at the end of the day, we know the Bible is the word of God because it says so. You know, and it's mm-hmm. like and, and I know that R. C. Sproul would disagree with that and classical apology. But I, I think of the apologetic, I think of the pre kind of argument, because I feel like both of these guys, whether it's the conservative pundit who doesn't even claim to be a Christian, or it's your Tim Keller, you know, woke social justice guy who does claim to be a Christian, at the end of the day, what they both have in common is neither sees the Bible as the final authority. One says it, the other just admits it. But neither of them in practice actually view the Bible as the supreme authority authority right. would, you, would you is that what you're saying
1: yeah i think you're you're hitting it that uh jordan peterson i think is a more stubborn than a tim keller as far as um when the cultural winds are gonna blow really strong jordan peterson may be more resistant to those cultural winds and he may even appeal to the bible as one of uh, the sources of um, inspiration truth that hedges against these winds but ultimately undergirding that is going to be probably a psychology or some scientific basis of, of, or, or, or even just an appeal to tradition, just, just tradition as tradition. Um, And this is what's worked for so many years. Um, Tim Keller, I think will have, he'll have a more right theology that he can articulate to you about what the Bible is, the nature of it. But when those cultural winds start blowing, Tim Keller figures out ways to do gymnastics Mm -hmm. with, with the Bible to cram in. Uh, understandings of justice where um, the he, he's going outside the text to get these, but he doesn't tell you he's doing that. Right. Jordan Peterson, it's obvious he's doing that. Right. And he'll tell you that's what he's doing. And so I, I appreciate in some ways the honesty of Jordan Peterson and the stubbornness, the, uh, and, and that maybe that's phrasing it too negatively, but the courage really positively to stand against Im- immense pressure mm. uh, from the world on, on this particular um, subject, social justice, or, or whatever iteration of that, um, and so I, I really do think that Christians who love biblical truth want to preserve it are looking to Jordan Peterson. Now, some of them at least, or they're, they feel more in common with Jordan Peterson than they do Tim Keller, mm-hmm. which is really sad to me because who, who should know more about the Bible? Tim Keller, obviously, but, um,
0: Peterson. Well, it, and for the record, I think Keller you know, probably does know more about the Bible, right? Yeah. But he's, I think he's so. just, he, he hides things. You know, that's right. That's a scary thing. I don't think it's ignorance on Keller's part. No, go, I don't, go, don't think ahead, so either. No. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. No, I, I'm agreeing with you. I don't think so either. I think with Keller, it's, it's a motivation. It's, it's really an ethical issue but with Peterson and Keller, not so much a, an issue of knowledge. They, they both, um, they, they both have, I mean, Keller's knowledge is superior, but I think Peterson has at least uh, there, there's a character that he seems to have where he doesn't want to bend to mm-hmm. just because the culture says something. Now, on that note, we do see Peterson bending on some things. So, yeah. you you see Peterson trying to, um, as he, and I don't know his motivation. I can't I, completely, I don't. Um, but there's a sincerity that he exhibits right. <laughs> when he's wrong. When right. he's wrong, he's very sincerely wrong about it. And it, it would probably be easier to have a discussion with Jordan Peterson when he's wrong than it might be with a Tim Keller. Uh, right. who you don't even know like what fortune cookie he's going to open mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, the next right. thing he says. And
0: so. yeah, I, I think that, yeah, and in a nutshell, it just seems like the, the big difference between someone like Peterson and Keller is, um, Ke- Keller just, it seems like it's more deception, where Peterson, it seems like he's wrong, but when he's wrong, he's genuinely wrong. And when he's right. right, he's genuinely right. We and, sense that genuineness. Right. And because one of the things that he regularly says is, you know, I've been thinking about this for you know for four hundred years, you know? <laughs> you know. He always said, right. think, I've been thinking I've been thinking about and when he says that, like I, I believe him. I believe like he's probably just sat in a room for two weeks straight thinking about something, you know, but and, and that's part of his problem is he's he puts I think too much trust in his own you know, mental faculties, but he, you know, I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking, but my point is to say that, uh, he's very much in process and he also would be quick to say, I haven't thought about that. I hear, I hear that phrase often out of his I haven't thought about that yet. And so I, I think that like Jordan Peterson. So one thing that, you know, if I was talking to him that I say, you need to think about is, um, you need to think about, um, the reality that, um, that a society can either worship women or protect children. You need to think about um, a society can either protect children or protect sodomy. You need to think about like that. These things are, um, are, are diametrically opposed. So I, I, and, and I honestly want to give him the benefit of the doubt that he may not have yet connected those dots that like, okay, I'm having this conversation with Dave Rubin. um, And, and, if this, then that, meaning that I, I think as long as America protects um, same-sex marriage, for instance, um, we are we are subjecting children to abuse. I, I think that that's a that's a one-to-one correlation. I, I don't think that that's like some you know intricate mosaic. I think it's just one dot to the next dot. That like if if we're gonna if we're gonna legitimize same-sex marriage and it has all the benefits and all the protections and like with adoption for instance yeah then you're going you're going to have harvested eggs so from you know from this guy's sperm to that that woman's egg to that woman's womb to the you know and and what are you doing you you are you're taking a child away from their mother you know so you're depriving the child of of that um ordinary natural a habitat that God created with a, with a father and a mother. And it, yeah, it's not, it's not good for the child, no matter how loving Dave Rubin might turn out to be. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's selfish. I think it is. And that's the irony is he's talking about like, well, I don't want to be selfish. And so I want to have kids and give my life for someone else, but but you are being selfish. You want to have kids on, on your terms, but the terms that you're stating are not the best terms for the kids. They're just the best terms for you, you know, and so I think connecting those dots. But my point is to say that I think Peterson, I don't know, it's possible that he just really hasn't gotten there. Whereas someone like Keller, you know, or the gospel, like they they should know better. So I I just I find myself much more angry, and I guess I'm asking you because I. I want to see like how, how much personal bias I'm a sinner it could be personal bias how much personal bias is it that I like Jordan Peterson just hasn't offended me nearly as much as the gospel coalition huh. has over the last few years because yeah. because Jordan Peterson didn't you know sell me out Jordan Peterson didn't stab me in the back you know like right. I'm, I'm coming out of the Acts 29 movement and you know I've got people yeah. who like who left my church because they were reading the gospel coalition and the gospel coalition um, they, they trusted as uh, higher credibility than their local pastor and the gospel coalition said that I wasn't winsome enough you know the gospel coalition like they they're the ones who are coming out with it you know like um okay rose overturned you know but we need to sympathize with like i mean (laughs) we've done this exercise a million times but just replace that sin with any other sin right okay let's say that um, pedophilia was you know people were 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 raping kids and it was legal in our nation and then that law gets overturned right and then gospel coalition writes an article that says hey like, this isn't a time for celebration. This is a time for sympathizing uh, with pedophiles that, that can't rape kids anymore. That's really hard on them. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's insane. Yeah, silly. And, and you're yeah. like, oh, that's an extreme example. No, 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 because the, the actual example we're talking about is murdering babies. <laughs> so it's not, you know, it's not that, and that's the gospel coalition. And so it's just like, because I've been battling that as a local pastor, right, for so long, I, w- I wonder, and I'm genuinely asking is it am I just personally so bothered by that that brand of Christianity that i'm that I'm being more gracious towards your Jordan Petersons? Do you, well, your expectations do you aren't as high, right? Because Jordan Peterson
1: doesn't claim the kinds of convictions that That's you true. believe whereas Gospel coalition does. So you're going to hold them to a higher standard. You're not expecting a converted man's thinking in Jordan Peterson, right. So I think there's that does factor into it to some extent. We have a different standard perhaps we're going to measure him by. And so when Jordan Peterson does something that's even more bold and in favor of Christian morality than the Gospel Coalition is willing to go, we we applaud and we're, we're pleasantly surprised. And we're thinking somebody finally said it, you know, Trump even did this sometimes where it's like, well, somebody finally said it, right? Mm-hmm. No one seemed to have yeah. the courage. Do, do do any of us think Trump's an orthodox believer? No, this no. <laughs> no. is more, his, his moral lifestyle doesn't even reflect that. But, right. um, but he was willing to have the courage to at least say some true things when it was obvious. And you don't see that courage with many of the members of the Big Eva Guild. Um, I was talking to a, a friend of mine who's a pastor who, who, who's um, uh, at one time was very influenced by Gospel Coalition and has been very red-pilled uh, on them <laughs> and and has realized kind of where they've uh, gotten to today, just just about them um, on this whole issue. And, and I wonder how many people are like him that have uh, really wanted to follow that winsome path, love Keller books. And then when all these really big ticket issues came up that, conflicted completely diametrically opposed to Christianity, and they saw the way that Gospel Coalition types kind of massage things, Mm -hmm. and just the fecklessness, the lack of stand. I wonder how many people are just like you, Joel, and and have have turned away from them. And I, I think it's a bigger number than
0: we probably even realize. Yeah, no. I was thinking about this today. I thought I bet you half of the YouTube views for the Gospel Coalition are A.D. Robles rewatching their materials so that he can do his <laughs> next really video. Funny. <laughs> I bet you. Yep. I bet you. If it wasn't for you, John, and A.D. Robles, and uh, you know a bunch of other guys out there. You know, like who are who. Are, I, I, I was thinking the other day. I was like, I bet you Gospel Coalition would lose half of their views if it wasn't for people watching their stuff to <laughs> to you know to to, to refute them to yeah. refute it. Yeah. So.
1: Anyways. Yeah, and they have I think a staff of like somewhere around thirty people. They have a lot of money coming in, um, right? From very like Kern Family Foundation gives them money. They they have different foundations
0: and stuff. So, well, if I uh, was the Democrat Party, dude, yeah, I, I would be right? absolutely funding the Gospel Coalition. Like, and I and I know that they have what was it when they when they did the MLK Fifty uh, Conference and that that that. Was that the gospel coalition who put that on?
1: They, it was a combination of sponsors. A gospel coalition okay, was, one I, I believe them. was one of the sponsors. Okay. The ERLC was another sponsor. Sounds
0: right. <laughs> that sounds about right. So, but didn't they get, they got a, a I think a 50,000 Because You talked about this, I think with Judd Saul, but they got a $50,000 grant from what organization?
1: Oh man, my mind's rusty on that. But um, am I, I'm th-
0: right about that, right?
1: They, they did get, I believe. Um, yeah. And, and it was, I wanted to say it was the open societies. It wasn't them though. It was, um, it was a different left-wing organization. And I, I can't, I but think it, it, it was a democracy Democrat, in it. But it was a yeah. Democrat group. It was, yeah, it was a very pro-Democrat group that so, gave them money for that. Which
0: totally, the, you know, like when I first heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like shock slash anger. But then I think like, well, of course, like if, I mean, think about yeah. that. Like who, who are the people that, you know, the, the Democrat party, their platform can, has historically missed in our nation in terms of their vote. It's, it's white evangelicals. Right, and so, but if you could, if you could put on your payroll, I mean, think about that. This is what politicians do all the time. You have people to run campaigns. You have people to turn uh, voters and to turn counties and to raise awareness and to work with with this group to to you know to turn this minority group over to you know red Republican or that like um, well okay here's a huge group that Democrats have been missing: white evangelicals, Christians. And um, why wouldn't you put on your payroll one of the most effective organizations in turning white evangelicals progressive, aka the Gospel Coalition? I mean, right. they. I mean, they. If they're not paid on a monthly basis from the Democrat Party, they should be. The worker is <laughs> is worthy of the wages. I don't know if anybody has gotten more Christians to vote for Democrats than the Gospel Coalition. Uh, yeah.
1: I mean, I don't. I mean, there's there's a competition there. You can, Christianity today, I'm sure, has done their fair share of uh, convincing as well. And there's other organizations, but uh, I think you're onto something with that. And um, and it just goes back to um, th- this is the organization of people who once found Jerry Falwell's politics attractive and would have been part of probably the moral majority and those kinds of things that are now, you know, fast forward, their children are now in Gospel Coalition circles and their ethics in the southern baptist convention are led by the erlc which can't even tell you whether or not a woman is responsible if she pays it wants to have a doctor give her an abortion right. uh, it, i mean it's it, it's moral insanity it's crazy. but um and, and that's only one generation really it, it really didn't take all that long mm-hmm. for things to change that much so in in that sense yeah i mean the gospel coalition they, they can't go too far left too quickly because everyone's going to see that so it's been a move A slow move over time and when they get stalled um, i've just noticed uh, for instance a few years ago there there were more aggressive articles i think on um like like i think there was a there was a gospel coalition article i remember that talked about jesus kind of having like a a body dysphoria almost because he was god and man right Mm -hmm. so there were weird stuff like that coming out and i think that they paused a little they hit the brakes a little on that because people were waking up to these things and. They, I mean, this recent debate series they've had, I think, has shown that they they realize they have a serious right flank that they have to try to at least
0: do something about. So, oh yeah, the debates seem like completely like just put together to appease. That they say, hey, look, this position also exists within the Gospel Coalition. We we like these guys too, and and we're just we're just giving a voice to both sides. You know, right? Exactly, like like
1: as if these are secondary issues. But they were treating so many of them like primary issues, and they still do so. It's it's very confusing, but it the only way it makes sense in my mind is that it's kind of a left wing operation. It is to try to, over time, desensitize, get the church, get Christians to move in this direction. Jordan Peterson, uh, Ben Shapiro, the you know, intellectual dark web folks, they never really were in that. They weren't trying to um, take the mantle of Francis Schaeffer, Jerry Falwell, Pat Robertson, um, you know any religious right type group and say that's our those are our people and we're the leaders. They never did that. They were always outsiders. And so that we don't have the same expectation. And we like you said, you don't feel betrayed, I think. Um and and there is a, a just a common ground that we have. At least I can have a conversation with them uh on truth. And it's they're not going to call me like a bigot right away. Right. They're they're not going to that's not going to be um an insinuation that I get from them is They're so worried about my conspiracy theories or my Christian nationalism or my misogyny or something, you know, that's the kind of thing that you get from the gospel coalition and and you can't really, um, and we're speaking broadly, obviously, but I'm saying many of the authors there, you can't have a conversation with them. And that's the way that we feel about leftists. You can't have a conversation with them. And today, that's really the thing that's dividing people as it's like really basic fundamental things. Now, can we have a conversation? Is there truth? Can we, can we like come around and, and this idea that there's objective truth and start like talking about it or do we not even can we not even get off the ground right and i think i can get off the ground with the jordan peterson at least he that's the way it feels when you watch him right and you see him he cares about truth um even the thing he did with david rubin which i really kind of ripped apart um because i I think it was it was was, his ethics were nuts right? right it was terrible but even as he's doing that, you you see him trying. He that, that's why there's so much tension in his position because he's desperately trying to go back to the rootedness of there is a male and female binary and they are significant yeah. and they're important. And you, David Rubin, are you're fine in what you're doing, but you got to recognize that, David, and you better you better try to bring in some female, you know. Uh, influences and you better have a freezer full of breast milk and you better do right. all these other things to compensate for the fact that you're not a female right jordan peterson had that in there would, would right. you see the same thing from gospel coalition if it was one of their um let, let's say it was one of these friendships these not not because marriage right same-sex marriage is wrong but what, let's say it's one of these it's homosexual couple but it's not really a couple it's just these friends you know, and right, like cuddling. they, they would like get as close to the line as possible. Yeah, they and they're not recognizing these rooted, rooted issues in creation. Yeah. It would be what's technically still allowable right. in the text of the Bible.
0: PCA, you know, right? obviously not as a whole, but Greg Johnson, the revoice guys, like they, they right. really went down that trail and yeah, no, you're right. And I think as you were talking, that I think that's part of it of what it is. It's like Jordan Peterson doesn't have the standard. He's not born again. He's, he's not in submission to Christ. He's He doesn't have a regenerate heart. You know, he's he's searching for truth in a sense. Even that we should qualify because, yes. right? Romans chapter three, no one seeks for God. And if he's not regenerate, he's he's not seeking God. And God is the truth. Truth is not just, a, a, you know, an arbitrary um, concept, but truth is in a very real sense, a person. He has a name. His name is Jesus Christ. And if you're not seeking Jesus, you're not, you know, so all those things being true that we both both you and we were calvinists we we agree on that but right, with right. that because i think that's why we're that's why we, we we're not sitting here angry at jordan peterson that's why we're sympathetic that's why because it because he because he is blind and so i'm like well good lord like this this guy who is blind didn't jesus have something to say about but because you claim to see Right. I, like that's what he's yeah. that's why he went after the Pharisees because they claimed to see because they should know better. I mean, he says, In Nicodemus, God. you are a teacher of Israel and you don't know these things. And we look at that and we're like, well, yeah, but that's because Jesus is bringing something brand new. No, he wasn't. <laughs> no, Jesus is talking to him about Ezekiel chapter 36. Nicodemus knew these things. Nicodemus knew about being born again. He knew about a heart of stone being removed and, and the heart of flesh. Coming, like, and Jesus expected him to know it. So it's not just this lofty, spiritualized language. He's like, you're a teacher in Israel. You should know these things. And, and, and you don't. You're dumbfounded. And so I think that's kind of, that's the standard. We have, I, I guess we should say, we have a double standard and we should have a double standard. I have one standard for the Gospel Coalition. I have one standard for Jordan Peterson because we're talking about two different people. We're, we're talking about a cool. group that, that, that uh, they're not just Christian. We're talking about leaders in evangelical churches. We're talking about elders. We're talking about the Bible gives us a standard for for these people
1: and that brings up a question I, i'll ask you joel what do you think jordan peterson and maybe others because we've talked about the daily wire uh, you know michael knowles and ben shapiro and some of these guys that take very <laughs> wrong positions on some things but they right. also get some things right that mm-hmm. evangelical elites aren't getting right do you think that god is raising up the these figures in a sense uh, as influential in conservative Christian circles to judge yes. the, the leaders that are there. I mean, God can use Balaam's donkey.
0: Do you think God is is using the, these men? Yes, I think it's the same as, as Deborah, right? So people always, you know, anytime I talk about patriarchy or I talk about, you know, male headship you wait with elders and I would hold to a male diaconate and all, all these different things that I think are thoroughly biblical, you know, well, what about Deborah? What about, and I would say, yeah, De- Deborah um, Deborah is, not for one, it's of course Deborah is not the norm, but even as the exception, um, what is God doing with that exception? Um, Deborah is is a gift to Israel in terms of practice, what she practically accomplishes, but in terms of the the divine statement being made with Deborah, uh, Deborah is an indictment of of the men in Israel. De- Deborah is an uh, she she is a judgment. From God, and so absolutely, I think you know. I think of like First Corinthians, you know, like God uh, confounds the wisdom of this world with with uh, th- those who are foolish. Right? Not many of you were wise, and of course, that's speaking to the church in in Corinth that are now regenerate, now converted. Not many of you were wise, you know. But but God takes these foolish things. So yeah, exactly. Balaam's donkey, or uh, Deborah, or or Gideon, or that's that's what God does. He takes weak things, and and yes, there is. Obviously, a clear, um, a clear pattern of God doing that with the church throughout the scripture, that using his people that are weak to, to to gain great victories. But that's not the only way that God does it. We see God do the same thing with the Assyrians, with the Babylonians, with we see God use enemies, his enemies who are not his people, who are not in covenant with him, when his people are being disobedient, and he uses uh, other nations, even when they're at their weak, weakest, and gives them a great victory, supernatural victory over his people, as as an act of his judgment. And so, mm. yeah, I I think that absolutely that in God's common grace, he is raising up um, uh, and giving platform to to some of these guys who who are a benefit to uh, the church that has been obedient, because God's not disciplining uh, his children who aren't disobeying. Not to say that anyone's sinless, but um, I think God is particularly, he's disciplining the, the, the sector of his church, which is, I think, a lot larger than I wish it was, that has been rebellious and, and saying, oh, um, uh, yeah, uh, Big Eva, uh, nobody listens to you anymore. Doesn't that hurt? You know, And they're well, all that, that, listening to Ben Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> like right. They're all listening to a Jew who denies the divinity of Christ. It's sad. And, yeah. and, and Big Eva would say, oh, well, see, that's just a sign that you right-wing Christian nationalists, uh, that you don't care about the divinity of Christ. No, when I listen to Ben Shapiro, I'm not listening to him for theology proper. I'm not cool. listening to him for the hypostatic union. I'm listening to him because I have to go to a Jew to, to get some common sense because I can't find it over here so it's yeah so i I think it's an indictment on on well bobby
1: scott at uh, t4g did exactly what you just said he brought up ben shapiro in front of everyone to basic and i don't know it might have been fault lines i'm not sure what book there was a a book that was there i think being sold and ben shapiro had endorsed it i believe it might have been fault lines anyway bobby scott went off on that you know this is someone who who denies the divinity of christ and we're reading a book that he recommended yeah, yeah. As, as if it, cause, cause they love playing that guilt by association thing. Right. And it might've um, been
0: Carl Truman's book. Cause Ben Shapiro. Oh, like, maybe it was Carl Truman's. Truman. Okay. The rise in, uh the rise and triumph of the modern self rise and fall yeah rise and tron. okay yeah. <laughs> rise and fall the rise and fall of the gospel closing. wait no that's yeah. that's eighty Rose.
1: that's different yeah i <laughs> actually just i i actually just listened to that book on audible uh that, that, i literally just it was an great ago. and
0: and carl truman yeah. actually i just had a conversation with him because he came out here and and did a, oh. a lecture um at, at one of the churches that, that we know and and the lecture was great his principles are great that whole that that book is fantastic um it's, yeah. I think it's just when, when you get into practical application, when I, when I ask him some questions of like, okay, so w- what does this mean? That's where I, he's, well, that's he's, where, that's he's, where he I'm like, all right, man, come the on. The greatest on squishy. his own college. <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly. It's the practice. So, but, but right. if you want someone to outline where do these ideas come from yeah. and, and, and what are the underlining heart issues of why there's such this this need for finding identity within and self-actualization and a rejection of he's fantastic on that you right know, but yeah no
1: I, I enjoyed the book i thought it yeah. was good too and i there, there's some things i'm chewing on right now there's a there's a there's a few kinks in the armor that i'm trying to work out in my mind i don't have fully developed thoughts one of them being that he doesn't really focus hardly on race at all and i'm like well that's kind of significant today i mean it came out in 2020 why is that um the other thing I, I thought too and we're totally switching subjects should we do <laughs> We'll this? go back.
0: We'll go back. Well it's just okay, right. just a bunny trail so for a while. Rabbit trail. Go rabbit for trail it, here. Yeah.
1: Um the other thing is, you know, he he really does do a good job a, a, of showing, okay, here's Freudian psychology, mm-hmm. we're fundamentally sexual beings. Here's uh the romantics, you got to find truth within. Here's the Frankfurt School, everything is systemic oppression. Uh so he, he he traces these things. The thing though I think that made his study different than um the study I did is that Carl Truman sees these forces? It seems to me, and I could be wrong. I'm just, but this is my sense after listening to the whole book, as almost like they're disconnected, unrelated. Um, they're related in the sense that they built on each other, or they, they those the developments kind of, um, you know, sequentially kind of brought about a state of affairs today that we see and we can identify. But I don't see he think he draws a strong connection between them. Whereas mm-hmm. I'm looking at all these things and I'm saying, hold on. All these things have something in common mm-hmm. every single one of these things is against Christian civilization right and they're trying to rip it down in various areas and it's not a mystery mm-hmm. as to it, it's not like random or that all these forces converge to create what we have today that right. no they they all were in cahoots in a sense and I know yeah. people are going to say I'm a conspiracy theorist but um, they're all against God, <laughs> essentially, right, and that, his created order. there's no conspiracy order. with that.
0: Yeah. Right, no, right, you're absolutely right. right. So, what, what it is, it's it's pagan men who want to sin. So so they are against the Christian church because the Christian, Christian church is just like John the Baptist saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have her, right? So you got sinners who want their sin and then you've got people saying you can't have it, right? And so... We got to get rid of those guys. We've got to get rid of this institution. We've got to, ri- and and there are multiple building blocks in the. There there is the church, but there's also fundamental truths that they hold dear. There's the family, right? The nuclear family. There's there's patriarchy. There's uh, distinctions of gender. There's um, there's all these different things that are standing in our way. And I think it, like I, I really think it is as simple as we want our sin. And someone is telling us we can't have it, and so then you you come in with this, right? So so everything becomes um, a disease rather than a sin, right? So um, I'm I'm uh, I have anxiety. Um, or I have, you know, I have depression or I have like, everything is, is now diagnosed as some kind of, and there's a pill for that. And there's a pill for, you know, and it, but, but then it's not just that. So like, there's the, the sexual ethic of Freud. Um, but then it's like, okay, but man, like there's still some things standing in our way, like capitalism. So let's bring in the economic component. Here's Marx. And that, and it's like Mm -hmm. one by one between, you know, between Freud, um, between, uh, Marx on the economic uh, side of things between, uh, who's the, the rife guy. What, what, what's his first name?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Reef reef. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't remember. He was one of the poets, uh, but he like, he had a ton of romantics. Yeah. Um, so anyways, but it's all pe- my point, or uh, this is what I was going to say, Darwin, right? So, okay, but but we still got this problem, right? We're trying to get rid of the Christian church and God and, and this whole institution that says we can't have our sin, um, but it's really hard to get rid of God when we're sitting here in this universe with stars and a sun and a planet and oxygen, like how, how did this, so we need somebody on the sci- science side of things uh, to explain existence, physical materialism, um, apart from God. And so that, I think, I, I'm just saying that to say I agree with you 100%. I think it was one focus, which is I want my sin. And there's something mm-hmm. standing in the way, which is the Christian faith. Um, so then I have to have a counter worldview. Uh, but the Christian world, uh, the Christian worldview is a robust worldview. Um, it, you know, it accounts for everything. And so, so there's, they're trying to come up with a counter worldview that allows for sin, a counter worldview right. that allows for their idols. Um, and, and the Christians keep poking at it, right? So, so it's, like, and it's we have specifically, this specifically but what about that oh here's darwin oh here's freud okay oh, right. here. and it took hundreds of years to concoct to make this thing called secularism or modernity and and now it now it pales in comparison but it is a full orbed it's inconsistent but it is a full orbed view to rival the christian worldview it's a religion for it's a religion exactly
1: yeah no that, and that's well stated i think um so you have I another way I think to put it is that you have um an order, a, a natural order that God has set um about. And and he reveals this to us in his special revelation, but it exists in nature. Men are different than women, right? This is a, a, um there are different nationalities, different places people live with with um some so, some boundary of some kind, whether that's a border or a natural border, or whatever oh, yeah. there, there's, there's just, there's something to the natural order. There's something to the way God created humans. Um, and the way that they perpetuate themselves, that, that is supposed to kind of keep going after it's kind. And, and, and it, um, and these different thinkers who have come in are trying to rip down all these borders, mm. uh, There's not a border between men and women. What are you talking about? There's no border there. Oh, borders on sexual expression? No, Mm -hmm. we shouldn't have any borders on that. There shouldn't be any restrictions there. And so they're trying to rip down all these things. Um, What Truman doesn't get into uh, as much too, but um, I mean, you can even hear it in the song, Imagine, uh, the ideas of nations themselves, rip down that. We, We don't want that. We want Right. just a globalist utopia he doesn't really get into the globalism aspect which is a huge i think in this You're and the right. blm is connected right to that uh to undermine um western european he- hegemony quote unquote and and really uh, western civilization so there's there's all these different things and it, it's just it, it's what satan did it's it's going outside the boundaries god has created To make my own rules, so that I will be God, and it's mixing.
0: It's it's It's, yeah. You're right. It's blurring, right? And and that's what God said to Israel again and again. You know, with not having two different fabrics and stuff. It was to because you were supposed to be consecrated unto the Lord, sanctified. You were supposed to be separate, you know, and like in covenant with God and and no one can serve two masters, right? You, so you're in covenant with God and it needs to be a faithful covenant. God keeps faithful covenant. There needs to be uh, not committing spiritual adultery. And so in all these, so polygamy, right? That, you know, or um, polyamory or, you know, we, we, didn't even, you know, so there's the national eroding of, of, of national b- borders. Um, but then you can talk about wealth, right? Uh, well, uh, w- what is capitalism other than, um, you get to keep your capital, right? Well, no, 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 no. Like we, uh, no, it, it belongs to every, the redistribution of wealth and that we all just kind of are a part of this, uh, global system and, and every, you know, so it's, it's the, um, it's, it's equality, but, but in this quest of equality, it's, um, or equity, uh, but in this quest towards equity, it's um, it's the erosion of of personal ownership. So so there's no boundaries with that, no fences, no. I mean, if they had the utopia, there, there'd be nobody would own anything. There would be no nations. There would be no bank accounts. There would be no, and you know, and the result, of course, is that everybody would starve and die. You know, but like. But that's but that's what they it's you're you're absolutely right. It's just the erosion of any kind of boundary you can think of, whether it be male, female boundary, you know, any any of those kinds of things. But that's like that's the way God set up his world. In the very beginning of Genesis, God he it's like the world is without form and void, and the spirit is hovering above the waters. But then God, he says, let there be he creates, um, but then he separates. It's like God God creates and and then divides. And then later fills, right? So it's like it's skies and and waters, the waters above and the waters below. It's light and and dark. And and then God comes back and he fills. So the light is filled with, you know, the sun and then the lesser light to the moon for the the night, you know, and the stars. And so God, you know, fills the waters with fish and the birds, uh, the sky with birds. And so God fills. But the first thing he does is he creates expanses. He creates regions and sets boundaries and divides one from the other. And and that's the very thing that I think the left constantly wants to get rid of. I so, think. So right. how's
1: this for a segue to, <laughs> from what you just said to get, get back to what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Practically speaking, you said you know Truman's part of his issue is there's he lacks or or not him but his writings lack the practicality of so what do we do with this? Practically speaking, it's to re-implement these these boundaries that God has put in place to try to to once again live as much as we can in the order that he has laid down for us. And that's something that I think the daily wire folks tend to agree with, whether they realize it or not, they're trying to still uphold certain distinctions, certain yeah. boundaries um, because they see that there's something valuable to them mm-hmm. and whether or not they base it so- simply on tradition or on natural revelation of some kind, right. they see that there's there, there's a value to them and they want to preserve them. And that's part of their conservative. Uh, now, obviously, that's changing. Some things they're real. They're getting rid of, or they're they're soft pedaling to some extent. But there's still this commitment to, we want to try as best we can in this modern world to preserve true and beautiful and valuable things. Whereas we don't get that same sense from, I think, um, l- well, let's just say I'll, I'll use some names. People like Tim Keller, but I'll, you know, it's also people like Jonathan Lehman or Joe Carter, or the, the list goes on. From TGC, who Mm. um, are
0: just almost Jonathan Lehman being nine marks, but yeah, nine marks. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think I thought he had written for Gospel Cooler, but oh, you're right. So, guys who are, uh, and and I could be wrong, maybe, maybe it's just nine marks, Mm. but I'm thinking of of people that are very focused on cultural capital Mm. and how what's they're constantly thinking of their relationship or the church's relationship to the state and two, um, the, the court of public opinion. And how do we get the church off? How do we show? I mean, uh, Carl Truman even actually, to use him as his example, he, so many right observations in that book, but he wrote this article about Pride Month, where he said so many good, true things about we, need, we can't cave to the LGBT mob. But in the same breath, he had to say, and taking Columbus down and Confederate statues down, that was a good thing. And, and we need to fight the gay flag just as much as we fought those symbols and it's like no, nope, what is that like no. what does that have to do because what is it what's motivating that there's this you have to try somehow to to make sure that the culture finds us favorable right and there's there's this fear that we're going to be judged by them i don't think daily wire has that fear as much i just don't right. i don't see it at least and maybe some of those guys do but it's it's not as much as some of the people I just mentioned.
0: Yeah, no, I think I think you're right, and and I think some of them, if if they do, it's probably new, and and what I mean by that is, um, like Jordan Peterson, the reason why he launched into the stratosphere is because he didn't care what people thought. Exactly, like that guy was willing to be hated by everyone, everyone. Now, but here's the thing, though, people change, <laughs> you know. So you know. I can't, I can't speak for what the the daily wire will always be. Um, There's already plenty of compromises and things that I don't, I personally don't like as a Christian. Um, But, but my point is, you know, um, with with someone like Jordan Peterson or someone like Ben Shapiro, yeah, I think at least in general um, there is less susceptibility to the fear of man than the gospel coalition Um, because, because these guys, Became the superstars that they are by not giving a single care about what people thought. Like Jordan Peterson in that interview, where he's just like, nope. That's not what I'm saying. No, I don't care what you think. No, I don't. You know, just like going back and forth. Um, ben Shapiro, like his old videos back in the day. I mean, like a lot of these guys, they 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 didn't become um, big from by just being talking heads. They they became talking heads and got that opportunity because they were they were on the streets and and you know like uh, whether it be like. Someone like uh, I think it's Ben Crowder is his name, but the change my mind or or Stephen you know, Crowder, yeah, Stephen Crowder, yeah, louder with Crowder and or or Shapiro and and some of him like on the street back and forth and these kinds of things. That's where, and 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 then all of a sudden, you know, they became very popular because it turns out there was um, there's a lot of people who still haven't lost their minds. There there is still some sanity in America, yeah. and, and so but that's like Gospel Coalition seems to be like wherever wherever. Whatever is already known, whatever is tested, tried and true. So whatever we know, the the culture likes, and whatever they think, that's where Gospel Coalition will play to. Whereas whereas there's other guys who are like, well, I'm just going to play to this because it actually is my conviction. Hell or high water, whether anybody agrees or not. And I think that that's commendable. And I think that's why you know we find Christians with spines saying, yeah, I you know I I appreciate. Jordan Peterson, what he's doing, and for what it is, it's not Christian, but for what it is, I appreciate that a lot more than I appreciate these slimy guys who have just been sucking up to to leftists for the last fifteen years. Yeah, it's just that's not commendable. I'm not impressed by that.
1: We are, we yearn right now for a confrontative, uh, prophetic voice, in a sense. Uh, and wartime calls for a different leader than peacetime. So you can't see the gospel coalition running an article, I can't see it at least, that will call the prophets of Baal names, mock them, Mm. talk about their God being on the toilet. I mean, I just can't see it ever happening. It's going to be an article that's going to convince us that the prophets of Baal are the mission field. And we really got to make sure that we're um, catering to them or or at least being winsome or somehow appealing to them. So that they'll like us, and, and they'll someone like needs to rebuke Elijah because he's been right. of, He's been out exactly of line lately. But Stephen Crowder, who and I'm not saying he's a Christian, and I'm not saying um, he, he's appropriate. I, I think his show is crass. I don't really listen to it, but I've yeah, seen I, some I, of the I clips. Obviously, much. I've seen the change on, on, my mind. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some of those clips. He is willing to do that. Like he's willing to do a, at least a version of that where he's going to mock the prophets of Baal. Mm-hmm. Like he'll just make fun of them. And I think we're so desperate for that. So, so here's a question for you for Christians I mean you're a pastor you have people going to your church they're probably asking you who do I listen to when it comes to politics okay specifically so we're um, trying to steward our vote well and whatever other political involvement we might have or trying to do it in an informed manner um, I mean who, who do you tell them to go to and, and if they do go to the daily wire and they're trying they, they realize the errors that are there but they at the same time, um, do you think they get better information there? Do, do you think that's an alternative that's that's much preferable to, I don't even know, Christianity Today, for instance?
0: Yeah. Yeah. If, if Christians go to Christianity Today or if they go to the Gospel Coalition or they go to the ERLC, if Christians do that, um, babies get murdered. It's it's a one-to-one correlation. It's, it really is that simple. If you take their advice, because that, that's the thing, right? If, if it walks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, then at some point, we got to just call it a duck right? There's no way, there's no way, not a snowflake's chance in hell, that, that the majority of the staff of the Gospel Coalition didn't vote for Biden in 2020. There's no way. Because that's always who they're sucking up to, and they're always punching down on, on every conservative, and and you can't look at that again and again and again and again and and that, I think that's like if you pressed right if it, if it was offline and it wasn't a public forum, it's not a panel and it's just you and somebody with the gospel coalition sitting down and having a conversation and say, but dude, like abortion like dude, sodomy, dude you, you know what I mean like I think they say, yeah well, yeah, yeah I, I mean, you're right i I you know i, I don't I don't vote for Biden. And it's like Okay, but you know everybody reading your articles and listening to your podcast, they they think that you do. They think mm. you do. How would they think you don't? And like like if I you know, if I had a bracelet that said, you know, like WW, you know, T D, what what would Tim do? What what would you know <laughs> Keller do? Um, like and and I'm wearing that bracelet and trying to channel my inner Tim Keller as I go into the voting booth. Who am I voting for? Donald yeah. Trump or Joe Biden? Straight up. Like, so yeah, so um if the if my options are if, if those are my only options is the daily wire versus the you know Christianity today then yeah daily wire because because um are, are they going to learn about Jesus no um uh but're not are,
1: going to it for that that's yeah. right
0: but are they are they going to is that going to influence them in if we're merely talking about the realm of their vote right because that's the way the, the, the question was presented uh yeah they're going to vote better uh by listening to Matt Walsh than listening to uh, Jonathan Lehman and 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 that's sad. I'm not happy about that. Um, I think, and this is what's so frustrating is, I, part of the problem is we have too many experts and not enough generalists. I think we, and we and we have too many, you know, pundits and things like, you know, like these kind of ministries are great what we're doing, but this is why we need pastors because pastors should be, and it's it's a tall task, and I struggle with it daily, but pastors should be generalist, meaning that that a pastor should be able to tell you about the hypostatic union, and um, tell you a little, at least a little something about um, a Christian ethic in the realm of economics, and how that applies to your civil, your civil responsibilities as as a citizen um, in the next voting election. You know, like hmm. uh, whereas whereas we have to when it comes to the public forum. Um, and podcasting and documentaries and news, um, you know, source it like it's, it's all these experts. And for one, the experts keep failing us. uh, And, and two, I've just, I've just realized like, I just don't think we need so many experts. I think we need more. I think we need more generalists. And I think pastors especially should strive to be general generalists that can say, this is the word of God. um, And, and it has application here, 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 here and here. And this is how to be consistent um, to not parent one way and vote another—that's that's completely. I know I know a lot of people who like the Gospel Coalition, and uh, and they are wonderful parents, and 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 their theology in parenting um, is completely different than their theology with politics, and they don't see that that gaping. Mm, that's interesting. You know what I mean? That they just—it's—it's just all. It's all severed. It's all an expert for this, an expert for that. Whereas it's just like, I, yeah, we just need a generalist to be able to say, no, no, the Bible applies to all of it. It's, if it's this here, if it's God's word here, it's God's word there, and God's word there, and God's word there. Um, so, yeah, I would, I'd pick the Daily Wire over the Gospel Coalition or Christianity Today for voting. But if, if we could just pick anybody, um, then I, I'd send guys to listen to you. I'd send guys to listen to Doug Wilson, uh, Jared Longshore uh Tom Askell I uh, you know like those guys address these kind of things not as often as I would like um but they do they talk about
1: Paul yeah and there are some Christians in in that sphere more um uh oh God I'm trying I'm trying to think of um there's a <laughs> his name is escaping me J- D- Steve dace dace I believe yeah he, he's a Christian yeah um I mean, you have Cross Politic, right? That's a right. Show that, yeah, so that Cross Politic
0: is great. Cross Politic. Yeah. Here's the only thing. So, like, Gabe, Gabriel Wrench is on our board with Right Response. Love Cross Politic. Love Toby. Love those yeah. guys. It's it's sometimes tough when you have like j- this is a practical thing, but when you got three guys on a show, and especially when the mantra is like we're rowdy Christians, and they and they live it, you know, and they're, they're, they're like three really good friends, and so there's so right. much banter and laughing and those kind of. Th- that sometimes I'm like I'm listening, and I'm like earnestly listening. And I I can't quite tell like what what did they say what was yeah. like I missed that but Cross Politics in terms of their doctrine and those kinds of I think Cross Politics is fantastic and I like that you mentioned Steve Day so I forgot him but uh, he he came on our show um, a few weeks back or a month back and and honestly I like I, I started listening to him a little bit a couple guys turned me on to him and then I invited him on the show and he was gracious enough to come on and I would say that like okay yeah he's he's not like this. I I don't think he's memorized Calvin's Institutes. You know, he's not reformed. He's not, you know, like he's not right. as robust of the Christian theologian as, you know, but um, I, I I really do believe that he's born again. I think he's a Jew. Yeah. I, I don't think that he's um, just a a conservative, you know, political pundit. I think Steve, D, Steve Dace, I, th- I think is a legitimate follower of Jesus. And I yeah. was actually pleasantly surprised in the conversation that I had with him, um, his, his conviction about scripture. So he's a, he's a great source. Yeah. He,
1: I mean, Glenn Beck's a Christian, right? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Right. He's someone. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there are some voices and there needs to be more. I mean, if anything, I I would hope Christians who are interested in that uh, in politics can get involved in some of these things, uh, because isn't it weird that um, some of the top conservative talk show hosts are Catholic mormon right. uh jewish mm-hmm. um i think of like mark levin sean hannity glenn beck yep or, or they're just kind of secular uh it's just weird because christians are the largest voting block for the republican party right. or one of them and it's just like we don't have a lot of representation in that and i wonder if that's pietism or, or there's something i think it is that's that's holding christians from going in that direction but we need more and and that's um if anything this is uh, if you're frustrated that Jordan Peterson is with Dave Rubin talking about freezers full of uh, breast milk, Best and if you're frustrated that Tim Keller uh, can't uh, figure out a biblical ethic, if it was right in front of him, then maybe you're the person that needs to go out there, you know, learn these things mm-hmm. and um, whatever hoops you got to jump through. Maybe you need to go to school, but get the education and then uh, go out there and start making a difference. Um, right. there, no, you're right. I'm glad you need more mentioned more
0: options. That. I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause there, I think there's a huge, yeah, there's, there's just a huge gaping hole right now for a thoroughly reformed Orthodox Christian who loves the Lord, who sees scripture as the final authority, uh, to speak to politics because, because right now it's like our options are, um, Steve, Steve Day said it like this. He was like, our options are you can get stabbed in the face. Uh, by Nancy Pelosi, where mm-hmm. you can get stabbed in the back by uh, Chuck Schu- or uh, uh, Mitch McConnell, you know, stabbed yeah, in the back. No, exactly. You know, it's like, like, those are your only options. It'd be nice to have an option of someone who doesn't stab you in the face or the back,
1: <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I think there's like three guys maybe, maybe in the Senate that I kind of trust, right? Like, like, maybe Josh
0: Hawley, yeah, I was uh, say Josh Hawley would be one for me.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, there's there's probably like three. I could probably come up with like three, but Ted Cruz is okay.
0: But I like. Yeah, Hollywood. I was going Ted Cruz, Cruz.
1: I'm on the fence yeah. on, but yeah, I'm like I'm like I kind of like Ted Cruz. Yeah, yeah. I mean he, and he's your representative there in Texas, right? right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, we have nothing in New York. I can't. I mean, I, I just moved from the frying pan to the fryer here. Right. But, yeah. Um, you know, what about it,
0: Blake uh, yeah. Blake Masters? Is he running or is he? I, do you know who I'm talking about? Blake Masters.
1: No, I can't remember. <laughs> okay, no, all
0: right. Let's not go there. So so there's a point in case right there. We need someone who knows yeah. the board, but also knows politics. You know, like, he is running
1: though. I don't know who but, he is, but he is running in yeah, Colorado. He, I think. So uh,
0: he's. I've, I've heard a, a few things from him, and I think he's pretty solid. He's uh, a
1: far right political candidate. Says would that's what you got to look for. So far, like, exactly. far, just so far. I can't even see him. He's exactly. So
0: far. If a guy's far right, then <laughs> then you can be sure that he's probably a. Mediocre yeah. Christian, <laughs> far <laughs> far right. If, if if in political terms, if somebody's far right, then I can I can usually bet that they're about seven or eight clicks left from me. <laughs> what well, would, like, what would just... we be? Like literally, like if we ran I for don't office, even know. They I don't feel have like words. They don't have words to describe how enough. far right.
1: <laughs> they're they probably just heads just explode when they start <laughs> hearing explode. the positions. Right. Yeah, they 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 didn't know that those positions. They thought a hundred years ago those positions died off. <laughs> right, right, And and um, they're just shocked that they survived the evolutionary yeah. process. But hi- history but, um, is a
0: big factor too, and and you're you know, good with that, John. Uh, like you know, but just I think that's another thing is like uh, we. You know, the, the victor gets to write the history books and uh, and thinking about people's presuppositions in history. I've been listening lately to, uh, St- I, I believe his name is Steve Wilkins and uh, him just talking yeah. about the I founding of America and just, you know, like, so it's, this is something he said that I thought was so profound, but he just said, um, you know, the dark ages, you know, those times when uh, when people believed in transcendent truth and that God <laughs> created the world and then yeah. the enlightenment, you know, when people turned to secularism and reason and rebelled against God's like, I mean, think about it, even the labels and that's not to yeah. say there wasn't anything dark about the dark ages. And that's not to say that there wasn't anything positive about the enlightenment, but in general, that's how history gets written is um, uh, submission to God, bad, dark uh, rejection of God happy. No, no The right. term dark you know, like, ages
1: is a complete pejorative and I don't even use it. I mean, unless I'm joking. What do you just it's, say? It's, middle ages or I say middle yeah. ages. Yeah. That's what I'm starting to do. It, it, dark ages. It, yeah. It, it's a total um, knock against that. What came before the enlightenment is somehow barbaric and, and um, and it, you, know, you even see it getting into our pop culture. You like watch money Python or something. I mean, it's just guys slinging mud, right? right. Yeah, that's the dark right. ages. So, right. Um, and, I mean, and there were things that obviously there has been adva- have been some advances made that there's certain things about diseases we know now and, and stuff. But it, it is it is a character, and um, I, I was talking to someone actually earlier today about the January sixth um, th- issue and uh, and how um, I am seeing history rewritten in front of my very eyes. Something that I lived. I was I wasn't in the Capitol, but I was there that day for the rally, and I am seeing what I saw completely. Um, discounted, uh, a, a different narrative put in its place, uh, a, a motivations attributed to myself and those of us who went. And it's just, it's amazing. And I think if they can do that with something that happened two years ago, right. why can't they do it with something that happened a hundred, 300, yes. 500 years
0: ago? Mm-hmm. And, and most the Salem of Salem witch trials is another example, yeah. as I've been studying the Salem, witch trials and go ahead. Sorry. But no, yeah, you're right. That's crazy.
1: another good example. Most of the things that we learn about are, um, let's just say the 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 aspects or the facts involved that can forward some kind of a case against the, the the current political enemies are those are the things that are emphasized right and the things that are left out tend to be the things that would um, not be so com- convenient for that narrative mm-hmm. and, and I I've seen this in, in so many different things and I wonder sometimes to, to what extent are there things that even my as someone who's studied Uh, you know, history of American history, at least how many things am I believing incorrectly? Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's things I'm believing that I just haven't looked into enough uh, into the primary source material, which is one of the reasons I tell people, if you're going to study history, they say, what book should I read? I understand there's a place for secondary sources. I've written some books. I think there's a good place for that. I'm really big on sources though. And I, I think if you can Try to go back. Try to read original speeches. Read, you want to know what happened during the Civil War? Why don't you read Lincoln's first inaugural address? Mm. Why don't you read Jefferson Davis's farewell address? Mm. Why don't you, you know, there's actual documents you can read rather than going to some leftist historian who's going to tell you right. <laughs> a retelling of, of that particular event or any event. Um, right. So no, you're right. Th- it, it's it, it's important, I think, and, and it takes more work, and I understand that. But as Christians, we we don't need to be lazy. We we don't have to um, be like the world. I think the world where is after entertainment, after, I mean, Carl Truman described in Rise and Fall of the Modern Self. I mean, after our pleasures. And I think we can build something. That's a positive Christian vision. Yep. We need, we should have 10 Christian options for talk radio, totally. political. Yeah. We should have more than that, really. But right. but, um, but we can have Christian Jordan Petersons out
0: there right. who are unapologetic about what the Bible teaches. And one no. day, if God would be so gracious, maybe Jordan Peterson would be a Christian, Jordan Peterson, and we can have him too. You he know, keeps saying stuff
1: that make me think he's getting there, I, and then I he know, I does something
0: to ruin I, it. He's but, not there yet. I, the, he's not, we, no. we, can't, we can't call him a brother yet, but I pray that, that the Lord does that. Um, yeah, but, pray for those guys but yeah, too, yeah. Absolutely. But no, you're right. And that's and everything you were just saying, I think, goes back to my point about generalist, is that in order to have – I think what we have right now is we, we see that, okay, uh, we had institutions – the institutions got infiltrated, history and all these things got rewritten, um, bad policy, and so it's now it's like we we really do have to um, maybe some of the institutions can be recaptured. Some of them will just have to we'll have to build um, parallel, you know, Christian economies and, and these different things. And so we're we're gonna have to do a lot of building. And with that, uh, what I'm what I'm realizing more and more is um, if we're gonna do this and we're gonna do it right and we're gonna do it faithfully and it's gonna last. Um, we're, there's just, we're, we're going to have to work. And, and in that work, I mean, like the work of, of study, um, I've just realized, man, like I, there's so many things that I haven't personally researched because I gave the benefit of the doubt, um, to the gatekeepers, um, in, in even in the church, in, um, in, in government, in, uh, academia, in, in medicine, right? Like, and now my wife and I were like, okay, and it helps that my wife is an RN, but it's like, man, we're having to like... Every single vaccine we're, we're reading about, you know, whereas before we're like, yeah, our kids are going to get vaccines. We don't wear tin foil hats. We're not crazy. And now it's like, Oh, yeah. s- sorry. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Got to go to all my crunchy friends and apologize to them because you know, like, uh, you know, it turns out I was maybe the idiot, you know, and now they're like, it's not just the COVID vaccine. Of course, I'm not going to give my two-year-old a COVID vaccine, but, but now there are other things where we're, we're saying, ah, I don't think we're going to do that. I don't, I don't think our kid, and, and I'm not, and I'm not saying some of these things, there's room to disagree, but my point is the principle is there's so much we we've taken for granted in every field of study, but, but every single
1: coalition will shame you into not following the experts, whereas (laughs) daily wire is going to try to give you information that will help your family make it a
0: daily. That's what it comes down to. Daily wire questions, the experts, and Gospel Coalition uh, shames you for not listening to Francis Collins and David French. And that that's what it comes down to is, is I've got, on one hand, I've got the Christians telling me, um, we really should submit to these people, respect these people, and trust these people. And any pushback, any questioning even, is really just, uh, that's rebellious, you know, and and that's, you know, and then I've got these guys over here saying, uh, no, qu- question everything. And these guys keep getting proved in the providence of God right again mm-hmm. and again and again. So now I'm like, okay, like I'm not saying these guys are right about Jesus. They're wrong about Jesus. But but they are right about questioning all of our major institutions, including the evangelical church. So I'm going to question these things, but I can't just criticize. I've got to build an alternative. i got to build something. That's what conservatives always do. We boycott, we bemoan, we complain, but we need to build something. But then I get to the work of building and I realize, uh, I don't know how to do... It's like you with your house right now. It's like, all right, so this is what I envision. We need a house. And then I'm sure like on a weekly basis, you come and it's like, oh, so there's this other thing that has to be done for the house that I don't know how to do. And so I yeah. have to learn this now. I have... to Oh, uh, plumbing. I forgot about that. That's a thing. We got to, you know, and so it's, and and that's what I'm realizing is it's like, okay, we can't trust institutions. This narrative is false. There's another narrative that's true. But for me to get this right, to build an alternative that's actually true. So that I'm not inadvertently guilty of the very same thing I'm criticizing these other guys of, um, I'm, I am I cannot be lazy. And I can't just take somebody else's word for it. I've got to do what you're saying. In the realm of history, I've got to go to original sources and I've got to find out what was George Washington really a deist? right? Mm-hmm. Because I can now see for the first time in my life, oh, w- would there perhaps be an angle or a motivation for people today to want to teach my kids that George Washington was a deist and, and not... Yeah. My, you know, and so, and, and, and I think there's a debate to be had there. And so, but I, how am I going to find out? Well, I'm going to listen to Steve Wilkins, but I'm probably also going to have to read George Washington, you know? Yeah, and, and so it would, it would benefit all, you. Yeah. And so in all these things, my point is that like you, we're going to, if we're going to do things well, we're going to have to build alternatives and we can't build alternatives. If we don't know how to do electric work and and plumbing and framing, and we're going to have to learn.
1: So, so what's your, what you're getting at? And I, I think, um, it's very similar to it. So, so, so it, it struck a thought in me that um, if you go to ancient philosophy, right? Uh, if you go you to know, like Plato and Aristotle, some of the Greco-Roman philosophers. If you go to um, also the ancient Hebrew sources, like biblical sources. If you go to Solomon, you're going to find there. There's a commonality in the in this sense. There's there's so much different between them it, ethically and just their concepts of God and everything. But the thing that um, I see that's similar, that's so much different than modernity is they both believed in a divine order. Both sets of of philosophers believe, well, there is something there is something higher than us that's created this place. Or there's 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 a place that we fit into it somehow. And. so one of the things uh there's there's a book um called Ideas Have Consequences. I don't know if you've read that by Richard Weaver. It's yeah, I it's, haven't it's read famous. it, but I've
0: heard it. Sproul used to reference it all the all the time.
1: Oh, it's a really you, you should probably read it some sometime. It, it's a, a really an interesting book. Um but the argument in the book is that as place basically as as um Plato's the slackening hand of Plato and then this world of forms, that there's uh there's a divine order, that there's uh, you know. There, there's these forms to shoot for, to strive for, these, these principles that um, tie together the particulars, as that kind of uh, faded, and a, a philosophy called nominalism kind of gained sway. Um, it gave rise to a number of things, one of them being specialization, that there's, and, and in the Industrial Revolution, of course, made this also possible. But we went from the ideal man kind of being the philosopher king, to the gentleman, to now the specialist. The person whose field of research is so narrow, they can't tell you anything about, I mean, they know everything there is to know about, you know, some really, I mean, listen to dissertation topics when you go to a graduation. Some of these things are so ridiculous. You're like, you studied what? You studied the habits of millennials from, you know, this year to that year and how they gave to First Baptist Church and you know like, mm-hmm. what in the world? But, you know, they know everything there is to know about that. But they they just don't know the principles that govern everything and that used to be the thing that was right. uh, biblically i mean that's what proverbs is about is finding these universal principles there are universals god has mm-hmm. laid them down they apply to every field uh, whether it's history or science or um, or art or there's there's certain things that are just true mm-hmm. and and i think as christians that that's what you're saying i think you're saying that that's what christians Um, need is to be generalists where we understand how the universe works because we know the creator of the universe and the law he's laid down and so it doesn't matter what field we're talking about Fauci comes up with something I don't know much about medicine but I do know Jesus and I do know the way he laid the the, or governs the universe and I have I can think for myself I can go and I can research this knowing the principles I know right and figure it out even though I'm not an expert Mm -hmm. independent thought yeah. And, and and Peterson and those guys—they might be the Greco philosophers of today, but they they have a um, th- whether they believe in the same God we believe in. They they do believe there is a divine order right. of, of sorts, and that, right. that's important. That's significant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't see that coming from the, these other Christian elite sources. They don't right. seem to. They, they give claim lip a divine order,
0: it. and they claim yeah. Him by name, but they live as though there is no divine order. It doesn't it's, really it's, matter. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just a it's blank all canvas. for to politics. Creative, exactly. And you, and you can do whatever you want that you can just, but you actually can't, you have to, <laughs> you have to vote for a Democrat. That's, that's what you have to do. So wow. no, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, by God's grace, I think that, that the veil is lifting. And I think guys like you guys like me, I, I think that our generation, especially, um, I think more, m- more so than boomers, um, there's some faithful boomers, praise God for them. But I, I think that our generation, your young Gen X, you know, old millennials, I think are really starting to see, okay, we're starting to see the problem and we're starting to see the solution. But I also feel like grieved in a sense, but also excited. I feel grieved in the sense that I feel like it's too late for me, even though I'm young. Like I, I'm going to do this work. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to phone it in. I'm not going to be lazy. I'm not using this as an excuse, but I'm I'm 36 years old. And I think uh, I'm like, I, yeah, I, I was educated in public school. There's a certain level of dumbness that comes with that that education that I'm just never going to be able to shake. I went to public school. I'm dumb. You can, there's nothing you can do about that, you know. But but by God's grace, I'm just smart enough. I'm in the dumb category, but I'm the, I'm the smartest of the dumbs that uh, I won't put my kids in public school. Um, and yeah. and a lot of what you're describing is like a classical Christian education. Um, yeah, le- learning yeah. these, you know what I mean? So, so when I think about like, I get excited, you know, and some of this may be my post-millennial eschatology, but I get excited thinking about like the next generation. Our, ki- I think our kids, if God would be so gracious to, to, to keep them and sustain them and save them. And if we would be faithful as parents, um, I think our kids are going to do incredible things in the next 20 years. 30 years as, as they, you know, cause I feel like we're coming into this in adulthood, but we could set them up from day one where it's just like, all this is just normal. They're like, yeah, dad, like, you didn't know that about George Washington. And then they'd like say something to me in Latin. And and then I tell them, stop stop shaming, stop shaming your father, your crowd. No, but you know, like, and I, like, I, I think that that's uh, I I really think that, you know, people are leaving public schools, homeschooling's on the rise. Classic. I I think there's a shift right now. And I think we're going to do a lot of good work by God's grace, but I think our kids, um, I think they're going to, they're going to inherit the land think they're going to take over, John. Yeah, I,
1: I see what you're saying. And I was actually at a political conference a few weeks ago, and I was talking to a guy who's a Catholic professor. Mm-hmm. Um, and he made an observation. Now, this is Catholics. This isn't uh, evangelical Christians. He made an observation that I thought was fascinating. And, I, and I'm assuming it's across the board in, in Christendom. Mm. He said he's noticed the last few years the crop of students coming in. He said it used to be that, you know, their parents are making them go to school. they're They're not very serious about their faith. So the last few years he goes yeah i mean the numbers have gone down a little bit as far as like how many students are coming to a catholic institute a traditional catholic school he goes but the ones who are coming he goes, they're different they believe it and and, and obviously i, I I'm, don't believe in catholicism right. um yeah. but i i think there's something in the water broadly about um in, in christian and in in just traditional um traditional beliefs where the, the people who are believing them today, they have to hold on to them tighter. Mm-hmm. And uh, because it's a choice now, it's not something that'll just come to you kind of out of habit. You, you have to make a very conscious effort. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm seeing that, uh, I think in the evangelical world as well, there, there's just a new crop of, of people that are willing to be hated. Yep. Um, and, and it doesn't take many. Jesus had 12 disciples. I, uh, 500, if you want to, you know, right. <laughs> you want to yeah. take the, yeah. the largest number, you know, 500 people. Right. He turned the world upside down mm-hmm. in a generation. It doesn't take huge, huge numbers. It just takes really committed. And, and I think the purity of of what's happening right now is, is it, I think what you're saying is absolutely true. Um, and we may go through some persecution for a while. That, that sure. That's possible. But it's going to be a refinement. Right. And and that process is already starting. It's and the obvious.
0: persecution helps because you know I think yeah. it was increased. Mathers who you know the the um, faithfulness beget you know um, prosperity and the and the daughter ate the mother. Is that? Oh yeah, you I've heard it? the quote. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> is it, yeah. so with, like with America, it's just like the, the, there is like this rich history of faithfulness, and then it birth you know faithfulness does tend to like God. Ordinarily, ordinarily blesses faithfulness, and not just eternal blessing in the life to come, but ordinarily. Obedience brings about blessing. And, but then that blessing for the next generation that just assumes that blessing, right? That, that thinks they hit a triple, you know, but they were born on third base, like that, you know, there can be some problems. And so it, I think what's unique is like we're getting a real taste of, of, um, hostility from, from a culture that hates Christ and, um, insanity from a culture that rejects Christ and, Chaos, but you know, like we're we're seeing, oh, that's why this matters. Oh, that's whereas I don't think our parents saw that. I, I think our parents were just like they, they were kind of like that's where the eleventh commandment of thou yeah. shalt be nice. I mean that that was that's a boomer thing, you know? And and I think it's because they 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 felt like we should be nice because they they didn't see anybody uh nobody no. was being mean in their perception. And now even boomers are coming around, they're like, oh my gosh. Like what is there, going there's on? There's sort of
1: a, a gentleman's code that made sense for right. the world that we've left. A civility, a, a
0: you've talked about civility.
1: That, yeah. yeah, there, there was. I mean, I have. I think George Washington's book on it here somewhere. But yeah, it's right here. George Washington's uh, rules for civility. But mm. it, th- there was this genuine respect and and kind of um, thinking, just just thinking well of one another, uh, extending charity, not attributing false motives. There's still some guys. And, and I think you're right. It's boomers more. It's even boomers on our side who yeah, exactly. are in the SBC or, mm-hmm. you know, they still have this code they're operating by where if they're attacked, they won't they won't hit back. They um, they, they don't want to say names. They don't want to call someone a false teacher. Some of that, I think, is, is from that bygone era. And um, but that's that's kind of that's going away as people get the rude awakenings and red pills and and if i could draw an analogy maybe this might be a good place to land the plane i don't know but yeah go ahead i think with jordan peterson and tim keller since those are the two biggest names we keep bringing up with a um with a tim keller as we're thinking about coming persecution tim Keller's going to be wearing the same uniform that we wear on the battlefield and he's actually going to have some stripes on his uniform like a, he's a general mm. he's someone important we should listen to and obey and when he calls charge we should charge of course he never uses that command <laughs> right. but but right. but he's he's someone who claims to have the experience been been there done that he's wearing our uniform. Jordan Peterson on the other hand is not wearing our uniform. He's wearing a different uniform. Um it's it's from another country or something. But he's there in the trenches with us. The difference between the two is the direction they shoot in. Tim mm. Keller's gun is not facing the enemy. Mm-hmm. Tim Keller Kel- Keller's gun is facing you and me. That's right. Gordon Peterson may not have our uniform, but his gun is facing the same That's direction. That's a good analogy. Great job. And I and I think that is why there's a trust built because we're in survival mode now. Right. We know that the church is actually under real attack, and no one can convince it. No no amount of massaging this will convince us. It's not happening. We know right. it's happened, and yeah. we're looking for someone who's gonna are you gonna help us fight, or are you gonna shoot
0: at us? Or are you with the enemy? Right, right. We'll team up with the French if we have to. <laughs> you know, for not for David a French, day. but not, French. yeah, the French, yeah. not David. No, you're right, John. That's a fantastic analogy. And I think as we do that, as we are in survival mode, and as we're getting out of this mess, um, as we're at war. Uh, let's partner where we can partner, but as we do, let's just not um, let's not make alliances that are so deep, that are too deep, I should say, that we can't back out of them later. Meaning that, like, yeah, let's let's affirm Peterson when he says what is true. Let's not start calling um, Peterson a Christian. And I think I've seen some Christians go too far. They're they're too eager to say. He's on our team. And when they say he's on our team, they mean, like, he's going to be in heaven with me. Like, he's, yeah, he's a brother. And we don't need to go that. And I think, I think some Christians, some, some of them genuinely regenerate, but, but just immature and desperate, too, more desperate than they should have been, did that with Trump. And it and it didn't work out well for our our team for our uniform saying oh Trump is uh, it's you know it's great to have uh, the good you know godly Christian man in the White House <laughs> you know it's like what right. what you know like I, will I vote for Trump over Joe Biden my goodness yes a, a trillion yeah. times yes uh, but I can I can say thank you, Trump, for those three Supreme Court justices. God draws straight lines with crooked uh, sticks, and Trump did do that, and he kept his promise, which is more than I can say for most Republicans, and I want to honor him, and I appreciate him, and I hope God saves him, because as of now, as far as I can tell, he's going to hell, And, and I'm not looking up to him for spiritual counsel, or any, you know what I mean? I can keep, both of those things can be simultaneously true, and I think as Christians who are actually engaging in the culture war that does exist, and that the Bible does tell us we should engage in, I think if we can just have that mind about us with your Jordan Petersons or your Donald Trump or your Ben Shapiro, then I I think we'll be okay. You know, I I think there's a middle. I don't think it's just uh, anybody who's not um, uh, 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith is not on my side. You know what I mean? It, that's what we're deciding oh, right yeah, now. Is where are the too, where yeah. are the lines? What you know, like how. How tight does it have to be for me to partner? Yeah. And I think, I think that there are degrees. And, and if we know those degrees and we hold to those degrees and we don't make partnerships. And I think that's what I would say to guys like The Daily Wire. I would say, um, I understand you like Dave Rubin and he's your buddy. Um, but you doing a documentary on what is a woman and mocking the, the, the uh, gender dysphoria insanity in our nation, which is worthy of mockery and is good. Um, but then, you know, congratulating Dave Rubin on uh, his adoption that that's, yeah, yeah, there's no, that's what we don't want to do. So,
1: right. Yeah. So you sound like a great Augustinian two kingdom person right now.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I sort city, of, city so. of two cities. I'm down for two cities. <laughs> two city city of theology. City of, yeah. All right, John. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much for listening, but real quick,